Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's Saturday the 27th of May. I'm Jamie East and this was a week that saw Rishi battle with Boris and Suella, good news for the UK's economy, Ron DeSantis joined the presidential race and tributes to the Queen of Rock and Roll. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet, and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the Standout 7 from the Smart 7. It's news, but not the news. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak had a tough week with Home Secretary Suella Bravman and former PM Boris Johnson both causing him major headaches. It started with Suella, this time over a speeding fine. It dated back to when she was Attorney General and sought civil service help to avoid a fine and points on her licence. It's alleged she asked her department to arrange a one-to-one course to avoid embarrassment, something they apparently declined to do. Ultimately, she ended up taking the fine, but it opened a can of worms as she may have breached the ministerial code again and Labour's West Streeting was called for an inquiry. Rishi Sunak needs to put his money where his mouth is and show that he stands up for standards in public life and have an immediate investigation under the ministerial code. What is going on in this government? He, he should never have appointed her in the first mm-hmm. place. Rishi was in Japan for the G7 summit and he wasn't best pleased to be asked about it by BBC's Chris Mason. Do you have full confidence in Suella Braverman? Did you have any questions about the summit? Seems Rishi didn't want the issue overshadowing more important events, but he answered reluctantly. I understand that she's expressed regret for speeding, accepted the penalty and paid the fine. Monday saw the Home Secretary adamant that she's done nothing wrong. I got a speeding ticket, I paid the fine, I took the points. In my view, nothing untoward has happened. It wasn't the first time she's come under fire for rule breaking. She resigned from her first stint as Home Secretary last October after she was found to have breached the ministerial code by sending an official document from her personal email address. Shadow Home Secretary Yvette Cooper says she's clearly unfit to serve. The Prime Minister is clearly too weak to sort this out. Well, if the Home Secretary cannot get a grip of her own rule-breaking behaviour, how can she get a grip on anything else? While Rishi tried to make a decision about Suella, there was more embarrassment headed his way as a new row blew up over the latest Boris Johnson Partygate revelations, which suggested up to a dozen more pandemic-era events need investigating. And it turns out we've been paying for Boris's lawyers and now he wants new ones as he rows with the Privileges Committee and the Cabinet Office. Labour MP Carl Turner wanted to know why the public have paid over a quarter of a million pounds for the newly minted millionaire's legal fees. Rishi said it's all standard practice. It's actually a long-established process that former ministers are supported with legal representation to deal with matters that relate to their time in office. But Labour's Annalise Dodds wasn't convinced and she's not sure Rishi's even in charge of his own party. This is a case where Rishi Sunak just seems to be too weak to stand up to interests in his party. This is just yet another case where Rishi Sunak needs to get a grip. Speaking of Suella, Rishi ducked that decision too, declining to report her to his ethics advisor and letting her off the hook. That didn't impress Labour's Angela Eagle. I mean, I would rather see a sack for being completely incompetent and useless <laughs> at her job. But there is here a kind of pattern of ministers thinking that the laws don't apply to them. 
wasn't a bad week for the UK's economy overall. After a litany of grim stories about inflation, recession and general gloom, there was finally some positive news as the International Monetary Fund announced that Britain's been hauled back from the brink of disaster. IMF Managing Director Kristalina Georgieva was positively encouraging as she outlined the latest report, which shows a recovery from the Truss era. The UK authorities have taken decisive and responsible steps in recent months. Their efforts and the recent decline in energy prices are beginning to have a favourable impact on the economy. And while inflation remains high, they expect if current policies stay focused, the UK could reach the Bank of England's 2% target by the middle of 2025. Chancellor Jeremy Hunt, beaming like a schoolboy on the last day of term, admitted there's still work to be done. So together these forecasts demonstrate that we're on the right path, but the job is not done yet. One of the major concerns for the economy remains Brexit, with dire warnings from car manufacturers last week over batteries. UK Trade Secretary Kemi Badendock is in Qatar at an economic forum, but she says a solution is coming soon. I would want to say to car manufacturers that we're very alive to this issue. We have been looking at it long before the story with Stellantis broke, so we should see an answer soon. There was some more good news on Wednesday as the rate of inflation dropped to 8.7%, but the bad news is food prices are still sky high. The cost of kitchen staples like sugar, milk and pasta continue to surge at the fastest rate in nearly 45 years, with Jeremy Hunt again warning we've got a long way to go. These numbers show there is absolutely no room for complacency in the battle against inflation. Uh, food price inflation is still worryingly high. The chief executive of the Food and Drink Federation, Karen Betts, says she believes the sector's doing an enormous amount to cut back on costs. Speaking on BBC Today, she insisted food prices going up is the last resort. But Labour's shadow chancellor, Rachel Reeves, is pointing the finger at the Brexit deal. There are many things about the current deal that is not working well enough for businesses and investors, and as a result is shortchanging us as a national economy. And in more good news for UK households, Wednesday saw the energy price cap drop to its lowest level since April 2022 as energy regulator Ofgem announced the average annual cost of energy bills for a family of four will be £2,074 from July. The new cap's over £1,000 lower than the level set by Ofgem for March to June and means average yearly bills are likely to reduce by about £430. Ofgem boss Jonathan Brearley says things should continue to improve as we begin to transition away from gas. The big thing we need to do is to make our entire system cheaper by moving towards net zero. So if we have more renewables, if we have more nuclear, then prices overall and costs overall, we believe, will get to a better place. The week started with G7 leaders meeting in Japan for the annual summit, but one man dominated the event and is not even a member. After a quick stop in Saudi, Ukraine's President Zelensky made a surprise appearance in Hiroshima where the summit took place. He hit back at Russia's claims of a battlefield victory in Bakhmut and gave a moving summary of the situation on the ground. You have to, to understand that there is nothing. They destroyed everything. There are no buildings. It's a pity, it's tragedy, but for, for today... Bakhmut is only in our hearts. His presence brought a united front from G7 leaders who said they wouldn't waver in their support, including US President Joe Biden, who gave positive signals on the much-hoped-for F-16s and pledged fresh military aid. The United States, together with our allies and partners, is going to begin training Ukrainian pilots in fourth-generation fighter aircraft, including F-16s. 
to strengthen Ukraine's air force as part of a long-term commitment to Ukraine's ability to defend itself. Then, Monday saw a group of anti-Kremlin Russian fighters launch an apparent cross-border attack, claiming to have overrun a village in Russia's Belgorod region. The Freedom of Russia Legion consists mainly of Russian defectors who say they want to liberate Russia from Putin and condemn the invasion of Ukraine. Two of the Legion's fighters recorded a video following Monday's attack and they didn't make things sound great for Putin. The key to the border is broken in half and Grandpa Putin is completely defunct and he will soon probably turn into maple syrup. By Wednesday, Moscow was claiming to have destroyed 70 armed insurgents. The governor of Belgorod, Vlashnichev Gladkov, confirmed what he called the counter-terrorist operation was continuing and asked evacuated residents not to return. The sweeping of the territory by the Ministry of Defence and Security Forces continues. About returning to homes, we will report right away when it is safe. Putin's spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said the whole thing's intended to distract from Russia's gains in Bakhmut and there's nothing to be concerned about. Of course, what happened is deeply disturbing. A special military operation is also continuing in order to prevent such infiltrations in the future. Russia also announced it's to put three British men on trial for terrorism charges relating to their fighting for Ukraine against Russia. Problem is the men aren't actually in Russia. They were released as part of a prisoner swap. And as Russia's military anxiously waits for the Ukrainian counteroffensive, former director of the CIA, General David Petraeus, says the whole Ukrainian war has been a massive miscalculation. Putin set out to make Russia great again. What he's really done is make NATO great again. And then the other irony is, of course, that no one has done more for Ukrainian nationalism, as has Vladimir Putin. The Russian paramilitary organization, the Wagner Group, have now confirmed they'll withdraw from Bakhmut next month. They've led fighting in the city on Moscow's behalf in a battle which has stretched on close for 10 months. Gaining control of the city would mark Russia's greatest victory in the war over that time. However, Ukraine continues to deny they've fallen to Russia, claiming they still control pockets of Bakhmut. But Wagner chief Yevgeny Prigozhin seemed confident the Russian army would have full occupation. They said we'll withdraw little by little, one unit at a time. The rest will pack up by June 1st and then we'll pass the city to the military. Immigration to the UK has hit record levels. That's according to figures released by the ONS on Thursday, which showed Britain's population increased by around 606,000 in 2022. Almost 1.2 million people arrived in the UK last year, with around half that number leaving the country. It's thought that the lifting of COVID travel restrictions, as well as the situations in Ukraine and Hong Kong, led to the increase in arrivals. In response, the government's announced changes to student visas, which will prevent some foreign postgraduate students from bringing family members with them to the UK. And PM Rishi Sunak says they're going to try and continue to curb net migration. Numbers are too high. It's as simple as that. And I want to bring them down. And that's why this week we announced some new measures. And I think pretty much the, the biggest thing that anyone's ever announced to bring the levels of migration down. But the director of the Sanctuary Foundation, Dr Krish Kandia, says Rishi's got the wrong end of the stick. This fear of net migration, for me, it is a real dead end. Migration's great for our country. It's great for our education system. And our whole NHS would fall apart without migrant workers. We're so grateful for our doctors and nurses that have come from other countries to help us. Meanwhile, the woman in charge of immigration, Home Secretary Suella Bravman, failed to show up to Parliament on Thursday to answer an urgent question on the new figures. And Shadow Home Secretary Yvette Cooper was having none of it. 
it. Where is the Home Secretary? She's gone to ground. There are reports she's not even going to do media. She's not come to this House. She's in internal meetings, presumably more private courses arranged by the civil servants. What is the point of her? Still to come on the standout seven, Jude Law smells really weird and tributes to the Queen of Rock and Roll. Right after this. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has announced that he's joining the race to become the Republican nominee for president. He made the announcement on a live Twitter space with CEO Elon Musk, but it was plagued with technical issues. Um, all right. Well, it's certainly uh, an, an incredible honor to uh, have Governor DeSantis uh, make this uh, stark announcement. Donald Trump remains the current frontrunner in the race for the nomination, and he's polling almost 40% ahead of DeSantis, who he refers to as Ron DeSanctimonious. After technical delays, Ron was able to make his case, which includes defunding federal agencies, rejecting woke ideology, and shaking up what he says is a failing America. Buckle up when I get in there, because the the status quo is not acceptable, um, and we are going to make sure that we reconstitutionalize this government. Method acting has seen actors take their craft to extreme levels. I'm looking at you, Wacken Phoenix, Daniel Day-Lewis and <clears throat> Jeremy Strong. But now Jude Law's taken things a step further and he's gone all in for a smell. The Academy Award-winning actor's currently swanning around the Cannes Film Festival ahead of the release of his new movie Firebrand, where he plays King Henry VIII. And while he's never described himself as a method actor, Jude apparently wanted to keep things realistic after discovering that the notorious Tudor King suffered with a foul-smelling leg ulcer. Hmm. I just thought it would have a great impact if I smelled awful, and... Um... I went to this brilliant perfumier and she somehow managed to come up with this extraordinary variety which was pus, blood, fecal matter and uh, what was the last one? Sweat. Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll, has died at the age of 83. She'd been ill for some time and passed away peacefully in her Swiss home. Tributes have flooded in from across the globe, from Mick Jagger, Gloria Gaynor, Naomi Campbell and many more. She was truly an icon, not just as a singer, also acting in Mad Max and writing a memoir that became a hit movie with Angela Bassett. She performed at the Grammys in 2008 with Beyonce and had just recently made a documentary for Sky called Simply Tina. Rest in peace. I'm a girl from a cotton field that put myself above the destruction and the mistakes. And I'm here for you. You've been 
listening to The Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am. Hit that follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes, we'll give you the world. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.